Xbox On. Welcome to Xbox On, a podcast with one host about one console, the Xbox One. I am said host, Jesse DeRosa, and on today's episode, we'll be talking about the latest Xbox news for the week of August 13th, 2020, including Halo Infinite got delayed, Apple hates Xbox, Xbox Series S got revealed by a picture of a controller, and more. So glad to be out of this coma I've been in in the past few days. If you if you don't follow me on social media, you'll know I spent the past three or four days in the hospital in a coma, and uh, I just came out of it. But you know what? I'm ready to get back to healing and get back to the world and get back to my work and my my normal life. And you know, most importantly, you know the thing is I'm alive, I'm well, and can all look forward to to the rest of 2020 hopefully getting getting better and of course you know the shining light at the end of the tunnel which is that Halo Infinite is totally coming out this holiday season so everything was worth it because we're getting Halo Infinite and the Xbox Series X in just a few short months right so yep absolutely everything that's happened this year paired with my uh, my being out of commission completely because I've been uh, inoculated uh, in this in this uh in this potato like state of being in a coma all of it totally worth it for the at the end of the day because we're getting a new halo definitely by the end of 2020 so great to be back in the real world with that said sarugi wants to make a a note about last week's podcast he says you sound a lot more chipper than usual in this podcast i don't like it so i'm i apologize for that if if it's any consolation i all joking aside i'm extraordinarily tired this week my job shifted me to a new location and things have just been kind of crazy so i've spent almost no time this week playing video games thinking about video games following video game news giving a shit about anything related to video games and every ounce of my free time to think or breathe this entire week has been dedicated to the microsoft surface duo which as of the time of this recording has just been officially given a price release date full specs pre-orders are live so uh, you know, not Xbox related, but kind of closely related. A lot of the Surface team works with Xbox team a lot. Obviously, they're both Microsoft-owned brands, so it's it's somewhat related. There's a, there's a chance you might be a Surface fan if you're an Xbox fan. Aside from just being so greatly exhausted from this past week with all the shit going on with work, I'm also just really, really distracted and excited about what's happening in the world of Microsoft Surface. So... Yeah, just a little disclaimer, I guess. If I seem out of it this week or if I seem less enthusiastic, maybe that's a good thing if you're someone like Sarugi. Uh, But just understand that I work hard, not like any of you do, but I definitely do. So with that said, we'll jump into some comments and things like that. Uh, for last week. Remember, these comments come f- directly from the YouTube page. You can follow the podcast at Second Best Gaming on YouTube. That's my channel. Uh, and the podcast is, of course, Xbox On. All of our comments that I pull from uh, the comments section on YouTube, or, or sorry, rather, all the comments read on the show are pulled from the comments section on YouTube. So if you want to engage in this disgusting cesspool of a comment section we've created here on xbox on that's where you can find the spot if you're commenting on itunes i appreciate the inevitable five-star review if you're commenting on spotify if that's even a possibility i appreciate it if you're commenting on some other podcast service if you're if you're commenting on soundcloud that's a possibility uh, i appreciate it but i don't see you because we're we're having the discussion here on youtube so 
get with the times guys and uh, go on to YouTube, um, which I, I wrote backwards in the show notes. I wrote tube you. So yeah, go, head on over to uh, tubeu.com and find Xbox on under the channel second best gaming. So we can have a big old discussion about what we've been eating, why Sony fanboys are the worst. Um, why Xbox fanboys are kind of also the worst, why Halo fans are the worst, and why we all hate our jobs. And speaking of hating your job, Lethal Migraine leads off with our first comment this week. He says, I work an easy job where the pay is sufficient and has tons of paid vacation. If I don't have a lot of gaming time, my job has failed me. That's a pretty great way to look at it, just kind of being a a total cog in the machine, but as long as you have time to forget about... I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's a pretty great way of looking at it, you know, if a... As long as you have a good work-life balance, then I guess everything's okay, right? And I'm glad to see you have that, at least, Lethal Migraine. And our next comment here comes from my mother, who says, That Disney food thing sounds awesome. And I thought we already agreed we weren't going to call it that anymore. But yes, the Epcot Food and Wine Festival is indeed awesome. Not only does it sound awesome, but it tastes awesome, too. So I I highly recommend that. Again, but we we won't dive into that any further. Except we will, because Lethal Migraine comes back and says, Disney needs to let me plan their African menu. Eastern African food is simply delicious and cost-effective. All right, here we go, Lethal Migraine. So get ready to get school again. Sit down. This Xbox podcast is about to go full-fledged Disney dining. So first of all, Disney isn't some vague entity that just lets you plan their African menu. Listen, they have highly skilled, highly highly trained uh, chefs that spend, you know, that slave for months and months at a time working on these very specific menus uh, that are not only cost-effective, but also practical for food booths that are serving throughout many months uh, in, in Florida in, the, in, this, in this hot climate that we, that we enjoy over here in, in, in Central Florida. So I want to let you know that, first of all, I'm demanding some respect for these, for these, these Disney chefs that work you know, so tirelessly to prepare these amazing food menus. I just feel like you're just kind of not giving them the credit as if you could, you're just saying, Hey, I could do better. And and maybe you can, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know if you're some culinary artist for all I know you are. You're, you're just, uh, you're just Bobby Filet. You're maybe you're Guy Fieri uh, dressed up as a Xbox fanboy, and, and you're hiding your, your passion for uh, all things culinary. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to, of course, I mean, who wouldn't want to go to Disney and order a dish concocted by none other than the lethal migraine, but also, you know, you know, have some respect for the Disney chefs. Now, you're saying Eastern African food is simple and delicious and cost-effective. Now, just disregarding everything I just said, it sounds like you do uh, acknowledge these these key components in, in you know, building a menu for a theme park. But with that said, with me just trying to shit on you for no good reason, I will say Disney has a, a beautiful resort at Walt Disney World called Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge. And it, at that resort, it's a massive resort, they have a handful of really amazing restaurants. And there's one called Jico. It's one of the nicest restaurants I've ever eaten at in my entire life. Very expensive, very fancy looking, but um, they uh, specialize in, in actually like South African cuisine in particular. They have a really extensive South African wine list and they use like um, this special, I don't know, kind of like fire brick oven looking thing that's from Africa and they have all these really uh, interesting dishes I've never heard of, but everything in that restaurant tastes absolutely phenomenal and it is a uh, Really, really awesome. So if you're interested in Disney and various African food, I highly recommend you look into Jico, 
the cooking place. It's it's called Jiko, J-I-K-O. You can Google this or you can use Bing if you're a real Xbox fan and look up Walt Disney World Jiko Restaurant, something like that. And you'll find a beautiful African restaurant at Walt Disney's at Walt Disney World's Animal Kingdom uh, Lodge Resort. And it is beautiful. The food is incredible. I've eaten there once in my entire life. It was very expensive, but it was oh so worth it. And I still think about that dinner uh, from time to time because food is what I care about. Food is why I exist. So hopefully that will maybe maybe that will impress you some more. There are other uh, African themed restaurants. There's Sanaa, which is also at Animal Kingdom Lodge. It is a, another fantastic restaurant, but that's like Indian food. It's like a it's more of like a African food with like a flair of Indian cuisine. So it's a weird like kind of hybrid restaurant, but also incredible. And then they have. Boma, which is like more of like a generic buffet restaurant for your less adventurous eaters, but nonetheless, you can look into the various eating off eateries at the Walt Disney World Animal Kingdom Lodge Resort, and then. Getting back into video games, if you're here for that kind of thing, Lethal Migraine says, I wish people would get my ideal launch lineup correct. And this is in regards to this is in regards to Tanali Maya's comment about Lethal Migraine. Uh, so Lethal Migraine finally responding in some regard to Tanali, maybe not so directly, but in some regard responding, saying, the, your ideal launch lineup for the Xbox Series X would be as follows. Cyberpunk, Yakuza, Crossfire X, Tetris, Pong, Space Invaders, Number Munchers, Oregon Trail, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, which is funny as shit, and a new version of Baseball Stars, a remaster of Burnout Paradise, and a new Fusion Frenzy. So now the record has been set, guys. This is Lethal Migraine's ideal launch lineup. It involves a lot of games that definitely don't serve the most powerful console ever made narrative, but nonetheless, uh, this is this is what Lethal Migraine would aspire to share with the world if he were if he were the head of Xbox. So if you ever wanted to know really what it would look like with Lethal Migraine taking on Phil Spencer's role, I think that's a little taste of what you might see happening. So not too bad. And then and then speaking of Tanali Maya, we got another lengthy comment from this uh this beautiful gem of a human being who keeps who keeps leaving these really eloquently written masterpieces on on our YouTube comments saying to call anyone who is not subscribed to Second Best Gaming YouTube channel and who may be subsequently missing uh, the weekly content being produced on the Xbox On podcast Foolish would be a gross understatement. Because while the easily accessible show examines Xbox news in real time and also critically analyzes in the cornerstone decisions made by the platform's Vanguard party, it does so through the brilliance and charisma of its enigmatic host, Jesse DeRosa. DeRosa's obvious affinity for Xbox does not in any way undermine his objective and often thought-provoking opinions on the platform's state, be it perceived or otherwise. His choice to remain authentic when discussing traditional console warp tropes or when extrapolating the direction platform seems to be moving in proves to be what some in the marketing world would call the secret sauce of the entire production. For without it, the likes of Dead Captain James, Lethal Migraine, or Josiah DeRosa would, in all likelihood, never feel empowered enough to express themselves on forums designed for public consumption. DeRosa may not be a household name yet, but his efforts are not going unnoticed, and his style is turning heads in a rapidly changing industry. It is a brave new world, just the type of place where DeRosa could shine. All joking aside, it's probably the most uh, touching thing anyone's ever written about me, Tanali, so I greatly appreciate that. I also... I also appreciate you not totally trying to burn Lethal Migraine this time. So I, while he while his name was dropped, it was mentioned in the comment. He didn't necessarily call him out for anything specific. So I appreciate 
keeping it civil here in the comments and uh, more important than, you know, dead cat or more in cap more important than lethal migraines feelings. I appreciate the glowing review you left me. Uh, it sounded like a two thumbs up kind of review. So no offense to everyone, but I hate you all with the exception of Tenali because she's such a beautiful person, beautiful soul, beautiful words of wisdom and uh, kind words shared, directed at me. And quite honestly, none of you could ever live up to this expectation. This the standard set now by our, our dear commenter Tenali. All right. With that said, Dead Captain James says, The Spider-Man thing, of course, referring to Marvel's Avengers, is really annoying. I was really looking forward to this Avengers game, and my favorite character not being in the PC or Xbox version kind of stole the win from my sales. I have a PlayStation and will buy a PS5, but I will never buy a multiplayer game on PlayStation. I really dislike having to use PSN. I agree completely. That's exactly how I feel about the whole thing, basically. I totally get that sentiment. I'm pretty similar where... I like to play multiplayer games on Xbox. Pretty much anything that's multi-platform, I'll choose the Xbox version over it 100 times out of 100 over the PS4 or PS5, whatever version, because I want to play Xbox. My PlayStation is literally only a console for PlayStation exclusives and nothing else. I don't like PSN. I don't like the UI of PlayStation. I don't prefer the controller. I just don't prefer the console overall, but I acknowledge that PlayStation is a pretty awesome platform with really awesome games, especially its first-party lineup. So, of course, I'll give them that. And, of course, you know, I'm with you there. I plan on buying a PS5 one day. This uh, this whole decision to do Spider-Man exclusive to the, to the PlayStation version of the game has just left me like, all right, I just straight up won't play this game. It's not a, I'm going to go buy, like, I will have a PlayStation. I already have a PlayStation 4. And at some point, I will have a PlayStation 5. So, Finding a way to play as Spider-Man this game wouldn't be an issue on, with, for me because I technically have the platform where he's going to be exclusive. And with that said, I still, I still opt to not purchase this game because you're because you're telling me that as an Xbox owner, my sixty dollars isn't worth the same amount. I won't get into that too much, but this is something that really frustrated the hell out of me, especially just trying to watch people rationalize and defend this 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 uh, this move here. Again, this isn't. Just to clarify, because I don't know that I made this super clear last week when this when this was in the news, but my my frustration in this situation isn't aimed towards Sony at all. Because I understand that it's like Sony has all this exclusive exclusive rights with the Spider-Man franchise, or in a lot of ways they have a lot of exclusivity with it. It's kind of a bit of a gray area because obviously we've seen Spider-Man games on Xbox before. Um, we've seen Spider-Man games based on Spider-Man movies that are Sony produced. You know, we've seen the video game adaptations of those on Xbox, so we know it's kind of a gray area, but I'm not mad at Sony for flexing, you know, for like kind of manipulating their deal with Marvel and their ownership or their um, their kind of their stake in the Spider-Man IP and using that as a way to leverage, you know, to get additional content on the PlayStation version of, of this Avengers game. That doesn't upset me at all. What upsets me is on the front of Square Enix, the publisher, and, and, and Eidos, the developer, for agreeing to basically go in all in on this and be like, yeah, okay, we'll give the PlayStation a substantial amount of exclusive content and then ask everyone else to pay the same price for less of a game. Like, if you're going to do this, at least do, like, what Soul Calibur... What what, what Soul Calibur did that? Was it 4 or 5? Where they were like, oh, if you buy it on um, Xbox, you get... Uh, Yoda, and if you buy it on on PlayStation, you get Darth Vader, you know? And it was like, you know, they did that Star Wars thing where each platform got a specific fighter. Like, that was, that was a, I mean, even though that's kind of a bad example, because who the fuck would want to play as Yoda when you could play as Darth Vader? But still, it was like a fair thing, where it was like, each platform's gonna get an exclusive thing. Like, if you're gonna do that with Avengers, at least give the Xbox slash PC version of the game 
an exclusive character a character to try and justify it. And you know, it's like, okay, well, PlayStation gamers will get Spider-Man exclusively, but on the Xbox version, you'll get Wolverine or Mr. Fantastic or whatever. And I know some of those characters aren't aren't Avengers or whatever. Who gives a shit? I'm just trying to make a point. You know, like give the Xbox gamers an exclusive character. You know, and I and I don't know if maybe this is an Xbox thing. Like Microsoft should have gone to Square Enix and be like, hey, we also want an exclusive character. Maybe that's what this is a, a, a case of. But still, the frustration for me is on Square Enix and IDOS for being like, or sorry, I keep saying IDOS. I mean Crystal Dynamics. So th- the frustration is aimed towards the developer and publisher for being like, yeah, we'll take all this money and give the PlayStation version a substantially better experience while just fucking over the other versions of the game while still asking for the same amount of money in order to buy it. That's that's where the frustration lies. lies. I'm not. I don't. I'm not mad at Sony for doing you know something that is like financially smart for them to do you know because they were in a position where they could leverage their ownership or their their relationship with that IP to benefit them in this game and and on their platform like that's that's all understandable you know if if Xbox owned Spider-Man or if if Xbox was making Spider-Man movies and had the Spider-Man rights I wouldn't be upset with them for being like yeah we're gonna put Spider-Man exclusively in this game Again, I'm, I'm mad with the the impartial developer slash publisher that's just getting money and being like, yeah, we'll gladly fuck over two thirds of our audience just because we're selling out to PlayStation. That's that's the part that frustrates me. So totally understandable where you're coming from, Dead Captain James. Yeah, I think I think this is a perfect example of like just vote with your wallet. Even though obviously at the end of the day, you know the amount of us frustrated Xbox users who are going to not buy this game won't really make a dent in the game sales and won't make a difference whatever that's fine the point is that you just know that you did yourself you showed yourself some respect by not encouraging this kind of behavior so it's really important with things like this to not to not positively reinforce these publishers by being like yeah here's $60 for less less of a game fuck you fuck me whatever I don't know and then my brother comes in here and says, look at the conversations we have now. You had to debate buying the Avengers games. When Psychonauts, you had to debate whether or not you're buying the Avengers game. When Psychonauts 2 comes, you won't have to th- even think about it. You can just download it. I really think you're underestimating how Xbox will do this generation. When Xbox, when Game Pass and xCloud are available to audiences and all Sony has is Spider-Man in an Avengers game and a remake of the most obtuse Souls game ever, audiences will understand the value. Uh, yes and no. I think you're only half right on this. I think gamers are extremely stupid and finicky. You gotta think of it like this. It's like, think of it like the iPhone user. And this isn't a, perf- a perfect analogy. I know this as I'm as I'm about to make it up on the fly, but... And, and I don't mean this as a disrespect to PlayStation gamers or to Apple users, but it's like... It's one of those things where, like, you're just embedded in the ecosystem. So if you're a PlayStation gamer, you're just a PlayStation gamer. It's you buy PlayStation and you kind of just it's not that you're like, oh, I see the Xbox is getting way more than I am for the same amount of money. But it's more like you just don't care. You just don't pay attention to that. Right. So it's like when you're an iPhone user, you go, yeah, I'm going to spend thirteen hundred dollars on the new iPhone 11 Max Pro, whatever. Right. And then someone else is like, dude, you know, OnePlus makes a phone that's like kind of better than that phone. And it costs like $600 less. And it's like, oh, what? It's like, oh, you know, you could buy the the Samsung equivalent of that phone. And it's a little less than that. Like you get the Galaxy S20 or whatever the fuck they're making. It's like, it's not about that, the, the money proposition there. It's that PlayStation 
has done such a good job of building its audience and getting people like locked into that platform that it's it's not so much about like getting people to just blindly leave one for another. The, this is a thing people always try to compare like the the swing gamers from Xbox to PlayStation uh, by the sta- by by the situation that happened with the Xbox 360, and I don't think that situation always sticks because th- you got to understand when the Xbox 360 came out, it was popular because it came out first. It was cheaper. It had better exclusives. It was just this perfect concoction that made the Xbox 360 a more appealing platform. And then on the in the converse side, you had PlayStation really fucking it up by being too expensive, being awful with its marketing, being non-consumer friendly with all these various things. And and it's kind of like just again that perfect storm like allowed for Xbox to win in this particular generation. But even if you remember that, it's one of those things where it's like most people I knew who were like PlayStation gamers that had an Xbox 360 were like, yeah, I normally buy a PlayStation, but I just got an Xbox 360 this this time around. It was one of those things. And then when PlayStation like made up for their mistakes, you know, and they're like, here's PS4. It's affordable. It's all about the games. It's consumer friendly, whatever. People just migrated right on back to PlayStation. So it's one of those things where I think PlayStation's just been around long enough as a brand and has enough like of a devoted fan base and it's just had enough success over the years that people just really want PlayStation. So again, it's, it's that people who are used to buying games for full price and buying one console every seven years and just being like, I do PlayStation, PlayStation's my thing. I think that that player base is largely just kind of unchangeable. It just is what it is. Again, if you're, if you're Xbox, you're not going after that consumer. You're going after the swing people, the people who can go either way, which one has a, a, which one offers better value, or you're going for like the, the, the PlayStation gamer who is vaguely curious about this specific Xbox game, but doesn't want to buy an Xbox to play it. And you know, that's what things like xCloud are for and game pass on PC are for and using an older Xbox to play next generation games. That's what that kind of thing is for is for those kinds of people. But I, I just, I just don't see a world where like, I just don't see a world where the value of xCloud and Game Pass has people just flocking over from PlayStation to Xbox and all of a sudden PlayStation's kind of hurting and they need to do something about it. I just don't see that being the case. Now, I'm not saying that Game Pass and xCloud and that that amazing value won't at some point start to eat into Sony's market share. It could, but I just don't think that it's going to like even the tide, even the playing field or like make the split 50 50 at, at all. I just don't think that's the case. I think people who are already embedded in the Xbox ecosystem are in for a real treat and surprise or in for a real treat with this new era of Xbox and people who didn't normally play Xbox because they either played PC or they didn't play games at all, or because Xbox is available in new markets and more accessible. Those kinds of people are in for a real treat in the Xbox ecosystem, but I don't think your tried and true PlayStation gamers are really all that concerned about what Xbox is doing, whether it's the best thing or the worst thing ever, because at the end of the day, those people are just going to buy a PlayStation whenever it comes out, buy the new PlayStation games, whatever they are, and not really think too much about, you know, don't get, don't get too distracted by the loud console war echo chamber thing. That's not, that's not really representative of the public. The, the majority of people are like, oh yeah, I buy PlayStation once every decade and I buy the soccer game and the football game and the shooting game and the game where you play as Nathan Drake and 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 they just they just do that and they don't think too much about it. They don't they're not concerned with what's happening on Xbox. They just want to play the Grand Theft Auto thing and then kind of not think about it. So in in that regard, I think it's one of those things where it's just like it's like Google, right? It's like it doesn't matter how good of a competitor. It doesn't matter that Bing is like 
kind of objectively better than Google. It's that PlayStation just has too much of the market and has been good enough to its fan base that it's never given them a reason to look around. It's like Apple. It's like Apple, like iPhone is, sure, iPhone's overpriced and its ecosystem's way locked down, which we're about to get into in the news today. And, you know, it's kind of anti-consumer in a lot of ways, but it's like iPhone's also a really solid piece of hardware that is really fast, fluid, responsive, really easy to learn and intuitive to use and pretty and clean. And the build quality of the phones is really nice. It's like, so why, if you're not someone who's obsessed with phones, if you're just like a normal person who just needs a phone, why would you ever look outside the Apple ecosystem? If you're someone who just needs to use a search engine and Google, you know, while not the best thing in the world is, or the best search, while not the best search engine in the world has always just been good to you and it's always been there and it's always gotten the job done, why would you start looking outside Google for a new search engine? And it's like, that's why things like Bing don't take off. That's why things like Xbox just can't come up with Game Pass and immediately get 50% of the gaming population while Sony has the other 50%. It just doesn't work like that. It's just, people are just too embedded in the norm. It's like the same reason why people just keep fucking buying you know, Toyota Camry year after year after year when it's like, well, you could buy, you know, spend just a little bit more money and buy a Tesla and never have to use gasoline ever again. It's just like, eh, people just want what they're used to. The Toyota Camry gets great gas mileage and and everyone says Toyotas are really reliable. And so it's just one of those things. Although that's less of a good example because Toyotas are genuinely pretty, pretty great cars. But the, the point sticks. It's people are just kind of blindly brand loyal. And I'm not saying, you know, that's inherently an awful thing. I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of a, a brand loyalist with Microsoft, but I at least like to see what's going on in the rest of the world. I don't know. I like to think I'm at least somewhat agnostic for the fact that I own a PlayStation and, you know, I don't know, whatever. The point I'm just trying to make is that I, as great as Game Pass is, as great as xCloud is, and as much as that can grow the Xbox ecosystem, I don't think it's really going to tear into Sony's, into Sony's install base and really get a bunch of people to jump ship. I still think PS5 is poised to absolutely obliterate Xbox Series X. But the reason why that's why that doesn't matter is because Xbox isn't going after strictly console sales. They're going after services. So it's okay. They're competing in different ways now. But just understand, PlayStation 5 is going to completely dominate console sales for the foreseeable future. And that's okay. Xbox can still do pretty great in other ways. So that's going to do it for our comments this week. Uh, let me know why you disagree, especially with that last one. I feel like that was kind of a divisive take. It was kind of a, what is, is the a lukewarm take? I don't know. Just remember, guys, head on over to YouTube to comment for any future thoughts and ideas. And, and remember, for next week, we're getting a little stale. We're seeing a lot of the same faces here. Don't be shy, guys. Reply. Not shy guys like Nintendo characters. Like, don't be shy you guys reply next we're gonna get into what i've been playing but before i can tell you what i've been playing i gotta tell you all about what i've been eating and yeah for the millionth week in a row this the last time i promise i went to the epcot food and wine festival this is the last time i'm gonna bring it up guys i promise because my girlfriend her annual pass she canceled it she wasn't feeling safe going out to the theme parks during covid she didn't think the people were being respectful enough of the six feet distancing distancing she didn't think people were being you know, doing their part and really trying to wear the mask. So she's a little uncomfortable with the theme parks right now, wants to wait a little while longer before she goes back. So she went ahead and canceled her pass. So girlfriend can't go to Disney anymore. And now I'm just kind of left alone with like no one to ever go with to a theme park ever. So I'm not really going to the theme parks now. That was kind of my last hurrah. I said, Hey, 
Bay, I got I, I got twenty four dollars burned a hole in my pocket. What do you say we do one last ride at Epcot? We got a couple of cake pops, and it was it was great. So we went to Epcot for the last time in a long time, unfortunately, this past week. But we got these liquid nitrogen cake pops, dude. This this shit's amazing. So they're these cake pops that are like little like you may have seen them at like Starbucks before, right? Where it's like the popsicle stick and there's like a little ball of cake. No, fuck that. This is like a hockey puck slice of like piece of cake. On a, on a stick, right? And then they dip them. It's like a chocolate cake with a chocolate coating. And normally I don't like too heavy on the chocolate for, for cakes and cupcakes and ice creams and things. But this is an exception because it's very fudgy and very like brownie-like. And so what they do with these, these bitches is they dip them in this liquid nitrogen. So they get super cold really fast. And then they're like, they pull them out of the liquid nitrogen. And they're just like, you just see all this, um, this cool steam just like emanating off of it. It's like dry ice, like a dry ice effect. It's so, it's so cool. And then they sprinkle a bunch of, you, you pick the topping. You can get, you can get Twix on it, crumbled up Twix. You can get crumbled up M&Ms or you can just get it plain. Uh, I think it comes with sprinkles if you get it plain or something. I don't know, but we got one Twix, one M&M. And I was expecting them to be like, you know, two bites and you're done. But no, it was like $4 for one of these things. And it was massive. It was like one person should, you know, two people should share one of these things. But rather we got two of them. And I I ate most of both of them, I'll be honest. But they were incredible. They were super fudgy, delicious cake pieces. That, that cold exterior with that like kind of warm interior. And you get like the crumbles of like hard Twix pieces. And that caramel just kind of melts in your mouth. It's so fucking good. Oh my God. And I'm not, I'm not recommending you all fly down to, to Florida during the middle of a pandemic to go to Epcot and try these cake pops. But I am recommending that you, you find a way to gain access to whatever the fuck it is they use. I don't know if it's a methane or nitrogen oxide or however the fuck you make liquid nitrogen cake pops, but gain access to the shit and make these yourself. These are, these are worth it. I don't care how explosive this kind of cooking equipment is. It's very much worth it. It was, it was an excellent, uh, it was an excellent decision to go all the way out in the middle of a pandemic to try these cake pops. I don't regret it. And, uh, I just, uh, if you, uh, I don't know, I just, I, I'm, I'm really passionate about these cake pops and kind of wish I could have them again, but I will cherish the memories for the rest of my life. And then what I've been playing, like I said, this week's been fucking crazy, so I really haven't done much of anything. My brother and I knocked out a little bit more of Halo 5 together. I played a little bit more of Psychonauts. Honestly, between both games, I've probably played like two hours of video games in the past whole week, so really haven't done a lot there, but I, I'm slowly churning my way through it. I'm thinking tomorrow I might have some a little bit of free time, so... I'll get back into Halo 5, we'll get that knocked down, then it's really time, you know, once once I'm done playing through all the Halo games again, I'm gonna, I feel like I have, like, a big backlog that I've been neglecting while I replay Halo, so I'm gonna try to jump into maybe Yakuza Kiwami 2, now that that's on Game Pass. Uh, Darksiders Genesis is, all, is now on Game Pass also, and I've really wanted to play that game since it came out. I just knew deep in my balls that it would come to Game Pass eventually, and I was right, so I'm pretty excited about getting into that, but, uh, yeah, not too much on the side of what I've been playing. But hey, that doesn't mean you can't tell me what you've been playing, you know, get on that YouTube and and text me, DM me, say, Jesse, Jesse, I've been playing, I've been playing Wreck-It Ralph on iOS, and I want you to know about it, and then we'll, we'll read on the show, fuck it, why not? With that said, guys, it's time to get into the news segment, everyone's favorite, the reason why we do the show, the news. 
All right, so we got kind of a, a chunky news week, like a fair amount of stories, but some kind of big ones. And so, like I said, I've been really busy all week, so only some of these stories did I really write the notes. A lot of this was like copied and pasted stories from various news outlets. So pardon me if the writing isn't very succinct, but God damn it. I'm a busy man. I'm trying to rent a lot of cars here. So our first story comes directly from the Xbox Wire. And uh, I kind of, this is one I did write. I said, Microsoft has still yet to announce the release date of the Xbox Series X. But this week, the company finally opened up on a closer release time frame. Now we know that the Xbox Series X will release sometime in November. This should come as no surprise, considering not only have I told you this on the podcast, but they've been touting a holiday 2020 launch since the console was announced. They likely want their console on market before the holiday shopping season kicks off. So really, holiday release for any consumer product pretty much always means November, so... It's pretty obvious there. It wasn't a it wasn't a huge win there on my part to guess that, but many have begun speculating that the box will arrive as early or in the earlier portion of the month, uh, with some specifically pointing out November 6th as a potential release date. While all we know for sure at the moment is that the re- is the release month, at least we're one step closer to actually being we are at least one step closer to this thing actually being real and not some fantastical idea that we've had kept over our heads uh, while the world slowly falls into oblivion because we're now just three months away from the Series X being on the market and we still don't even have a price for this thing. So small steps, man, small steps. We just need a specific date, a release date, put those pre-orders out and we're all good to go. And then, uh, so, I mean, I don't, this is, this one, there's not really too much to say. It's like, I just can't believe we're still kind of being just slowly drip fed this information. Again, this is, if you asked me like four or five months ago, I would tell you the whole thing about like how, Yeah, Microsoft and Sony are kind of playing this game of chess where they're trying to get the other one to make the move, announce the price, the release date, and start all that shit so the other one can kind of react and and, and one-up the other one. And I know that was kind of a popular narrative earlier in the year. And I, I, I mentioned, I threw it out there. I was like, yeah, I kind of subscribe to that belief. But at the same time, like, I'm not totally convinced that's what's happening here. Make no mistake about it. I'm 100% convinced that's exactly what's happening. Like, that you cannot convince me otherwise. That is 100% what's happening. I think the lack of knowing about the price and the specific release date has way more to do with these two companies trying to get the upper hand on the other than it has to do with COVID or setbacks because of COVID or, you know, them trying to figure out what a good price is because obviously the economy is in the shitter and a lot of people aren't doing financially as well as they uh, were doing at the beginning of the year or back when these consoles were first announced. So, you know, those those kinds of explanations all take a massive big seat to the whole Sony's trying to one-up Xbox, Xbox trying to one-up PlayStation here. So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm completely convinced of that. So, this is just absurdly obnoxious. And, you know, now we're in the month of August, which is when we expect to hear about, you know, we're going to get another Xbox event at some point this month. We're going to learn about the Xbox Series S. And, you know, by that point, it's like, please, for the love of God, give us a date and some pricing. And I guess that would be a good time to release a price, right? Because it's like right now, no one knows how much any of these next gen consoles are going to cost. But if 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 something like a PS5 or a Series X is going to come with some sticker shock, I guess a good time to talk about that price would also be when you're talking about the price for your secondary next-gen console that's less powerful, less expensive, like a Series S. Because you could just be like, yeah, well, here we finally have a, a price. We pr- finally have pricing available for the Xbox Series X. It's six hundred dollars, and a lot of people go, "Oh my God, six hundred dollars! That's ridiculous!" But they're like, "And and the Xbox Series S will be four hundred dollars." And then everyone's like, "Oh well, well, hey, the you can get your, you know, you can get in on this console for much cheaper if you just buy the cheaper one." So it's like, yeah, I guess the other one's really expensive, but technically you can get in the door 
you know, for only 400 bucks. So, you know, just to kind of soften the blow, quite possible that that like that's the opportune moment. You know, if if whenever we get this, you know, some point this month when we get our Xbox Series S proper reveal, if at that event that whatever that announcement is, whatever that event is, if at that point we don't get a release date, a specific release date and price, specifically a price for both SKUs of the console. If that, if, if at that point we don't get that information, then I'm almost certainly convinced a hundred percent that the Xbox series X is going to come out without a price. I think at that point, what, what Xbox might do is just ship this goddamn box out to every major retailer and you'll go to you'll go to Walmart and you'll be like, how much for the Xbox Series X? And they'll be like, I don't know, fucking five hundred dollars. And be like, okay, let's see if Best Buy can do me one better. You go over to Best Buy and like, I don't, we don't fucking know, six hundred bucks. You're like, six hundred bucks, go fuck yourself, Best Buy. And then you go over to X, uh, GameStop and, and GameStop's like, well, you can only get the Xbox Series X if you if you pre-order the latest version of Call of Duty and get the and get the in-game tiger skins and whatever the fuck they're doing. And you're like, well, fuck you, GameStop. And then you go over to Amazon and Amazon's like, well, it's only four forty-five four hundred. $49 on Amazon plus you get prime shipping but then we promise to uh uh tell you after two days of order uh, after your order date that uh that the box is actually being delayed and then you'll get the you'll get the console delivered to your house about three weeks after it actually comes out so the, I'm pretty sure like that's what's going to happen here if, if Microsoft doesn't just give us an MSRP for this goddamn box and and, and you know what if that's the case Whatever, I welcome this fucking anarchy. I I just I don't even know what else to think at this point. The, maybe maybe that's the wisest thing to do is just to ship the goddamn box out to all these retailers and be like, you figure out the price because we can't do it. You know, I don't know. Maybe that would work better than the age old approach of putting a fucking price tag on it and trying to sell it because you believe in the value proposition of your of your goddamn machine. But we don't know. I'm, I'm really, I'm actually like really sick and tired of speculating about these next gen consoles. Like I'm still really excited about the Xbox Series X and I'm still really excited about just next gen as a whole and, and everything that's changing the Xbox ecosystem. But if I'm being like painfully honest, I'm so tired of speculating about release dates and prices and specul and specs and all these things. And like, I know now we know most of it, but still the most excruciating point, a part of all of this is always price release date and pre-order availability, right? Like the second I know a date it's out, I know how much it costs and I have my pre-order locked in. That's when you can fucking rest easy. Like, you know, like I finally got today, like today's a perfect example. I finally got my pre-order in first surface duo. I'm a little disappointed by the release dates a little later than we thought it would be, but like, that doesn't matter. Who fucking cares? It's like my pre-order is locked in for that that device now. I got my money down. I got a release date. Now it's all in Microsoft's hands. They just got to ship me the damn thing on September 10th when it comes out. Like, I want that feeling with the Xbox. You know, it's like I've saved the money. I've set it aside. I've been speculating about it forever. I had this stupid podcast where we keep talking about if the thing will ever even actually come out. And I'm just so tired of it. It's like, just fucking tell us. Like, at this point, I don't care how much they cost. I don't care if the PlayStation is a billion dollars and the Xbox is four billion dollars. It's like, I don't care. I'm going to pre-order it. Just tell me already. Like, ugh. But uh, I'm not actually really frustrated about that. I just I just got to spice up the... My, my sponsor is, is telling me I need to spice up the... Uh, or intensify the, the, the stories here, so... I just felt the need to rant a little bit there. So thank you for letting me do that, guys. Our next big story here, definitely the biggest story of the week. Definitely the most exciting slash disappointing slash exciting slash disappointing news is that 
Halo Infinite has been delayed. So from Chris Lee, studio head at 343, as he posted on the Halo Waypoint blog, uh, the news reads, Today I want to share an important Halo Infinite development update with the community. We've made the difficult decision to shift our release to 2021 to ensure that the team has adequate time to deliver a Halo game experience that meets our vision. This decision to shift our release is in is the result of multiple factors that have contributed to development challenges, including the ongoing COVID-related uh, impacts affecting us all this year. I want to acknowledge the hard work from the team at 343, who have remained committed to making a great game and finding solutions to development challenges. However, it is not sustainable for the well-being of our team and the or the overall success of the game to ship this holiday. We know that this will be a big disappointment to many of you, and we share the same sentiment. This passion and support for the community that's been shown over the years has been incredible and inspiring. We wanted nothing more than to play our game with the community this holiday. The extra time, though, will allow us to finish the critical work necessary to deliver the most ambitious Halo game ever at the quality we know our fans expect. Thank you for your support and understanding. Pretty direct while also kind of uh, avoiding the fact that, you know, people are bitching and moaning about the visual fidelity of this game, which I think is probably a huge contributing factor here. Um, but Geezy writes in and says, first of all, he says, hey, I like to mix sweet and uh, sweet and toffee popcorn. Your M&M mix sounds good. We'll have to give that a try for sure. So first of all, I just want to say that's a great idea, man. Definitely go ahead. Try the M&M popcorn. I appreciate you writing out about the popcorn. Please feel free to write in more food-related questions. But you, you continue on, I guess, if we must. You say, a couple of questions for the next show. What is your opinion on the release date for Halo? Also, how could this how could this sway you to get a PS5 first and wait for the release of Halo for the Series X? So first of all, absolutely nothing could make me get the PS5 first and then wait on the Xbox Series X. Let me make that perfectly clear. The X, the the PlayStation 5 can launch with uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, the new Ratchet and Clank game, a new Uncharted game, a new God of War game, a new Spyro the Dragon game, a new fucking Siphon Filter game, a, a new Max Payne game that's exclusive to PlayStation, three new Guitar Hero games that, that look and play just like Guitar Hero 3, and uh, fucking, uh, I don't know, like a, a Japanese boy dating sim or some shit. And I still wouldn't buy the PlayStation 5 first. I would still wait until the price dropped or until a year or two have passed, and, you know, I kind of financially recoup from this heavy year of Microsoft hardware. No mistake about it. The Xbox Series X could literally launch with zero game. Just like, not even like Xbox Series X related games, just like zero games. Like every game coming out this holiday could be like, hey, we're not supporting the Xbox Series X and I would still buy it. It could be a box that you turn on, it connects to Xbox Live, you see your profile, you can play around with the menus and you can't even launch a goddamn game on it and I would still buy it day one. So it's absolutely impossible. Unless, unless Microsoft absolutely prices me out of this thing, like they're like, hey, we're charging... $400,000 and your left testicle. Like, unless that's the case, I'm buying the Series X no matter what. I hope you know that's a testament to what a big X bot I am. I'm right now, you can't see it, but I'm ripping my shirt off of my chest and shaving the hair on, I'm shaving the, the hair off my chest to expose the Xbox tattoo I have over my, over my left pectoral, over where my heart sits because I care so greatly for the Xbox Series X. There's just literally no way I'm not getting that. So that first. Now, what's my opinion on the Halo delay? Pretty much the same way I feel about every delay ever. I know I talk about Halo Infinite all the time about how it's the greatest thing in the world. It's all I care about. I'm so excited. It's not even out yet. It's my favorite game of the year for 2020. 
all those things still remain true, even if it does come out in 2021. But it's just the same way I felt about every time uh, Cyberpunk's been delayed or every time any game's been delayed. I'm super happy to see that this game, that the development team is getting more time to really make sure this game is, is done right and developed properly and fully fleshed out and polished and detailed so that it can be the best thing it can be when it, when we get in our hands. But I'm also disappointed that, you know, I had to wait a little longer to play it. it and, and make no mistake about it, my desire for the game to be polished and up to par with, you know, what we expect from it and for the team to have a proper development timeline to really get the bulk of their ideas and their creative efforts into this game and for people to, you know, be able to really make this what they need it to be rather than just feel the need to push out the door and get it out in time for the holiday season. I, I think that is infinitely more important than my disappointment for the game being delayed. Like it's, it's fine. I'll live right. You know, it's, it's like whatever, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still going to play Halo Infinite unless I die between, you know, holiday season and when it actually comes out. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I suspect Halo Infinite's probably now like a May 2021 release. So I, I, at the very least, we're going to get like a six-month delay on this thing. And so, yeah, that, that sucks, right? But again, remember, especially for us on Xbox, like if any platform has to miss out on its big AAA first-party launch exclusive, I guess it, it doesn't hurt for it to be Xbox or at least from the perspective of like being the, the fan, being the consumer because, hey, we still got Xbox Game Pass. We still got a bunch of games coming out this fall that are just going to be on Game Pass for free, and there's a bunch of awesome third-party games coming out. You know, now I can spend more time enjoying Cyberpunk. So there's no shortage of great games. I already have a massive backlog without this this holiday's release slate and without Game Pass. So I'm I'm not so torn about it that I'll never live to see tomorrow or whatever. I don't know, but yeah, that means it sucks. It's disappointing, but it's all for the better. You know, if you're if you're one to be super concerned about the crunch culture, you can take comfort in knowing that you're a superhero and that we did a great job making sure that the team at 343 will be able to see their families and have the shackles and chains removed from their wrists so that they can go home and, and, and have a, a decent work-life balance because being a creative is just the most punishing thing in the world. So we can be happy for them that we, we get to avoid some crunch culture here and then just be happy that we're going to get a better game now as a result of this delay. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure this is mostly COVID. This, is, this seems twofold, right? It's, COVID's making it a fucking bitch to develop a game right now, especially when you're making a game as big as Halo Infinite, especially when you have a bunch of support studios helping you with stuff and no one can get together and work on anything we all just have to do everything remotely like that's a huge fucking challenge i can understand why that would delay a game we've already seen cyberpunk delayed like 40 fucking times this year and i'm sure some of those were because of covid as well and then the other thing is also i think the the, the kind of backlash that that initial reveal got you know microsoft like i said microsoft's tried to play it cool and be like yeah yeah craig memes are cool but like they, they know like that hurt you know they put so much fucking work in this game and so many people on the internet just totally shat all over that eight minute demo because it wasn't the prettiest thing they ever saw. So I think they took that to heart and they're going to, and they, and they went to Microsoft, they went to big Papa and said, Hey, can we, can we get a delay on this game so that we can, you know, make it what it needs to be. And I, I think it's really important because re remember not to sound cliche, you know, the old Miyamoto quote that everyone likes to pull out of their back pocket whenever a game gets delayed about how like, you know, a bad game is bad forever. A delayed game is eventually good or whatever the fuck it is, you know, but like Halo really is the most important video game coming to the Xbox series X. So it would be better to have like 
to have the narrative be in 10 years from now. Oh, remember the Xbox Series X? Wow, what an incredible console. It, it, it came, you know, shortly after it came out, we got that amazing Halo game that was just mind-blowing. It was the greatest thing ever made. Or would it be better to be like, oh, man, remember how excited we were for the Xbox Series X and then it came out with that new Halo game. That Halo game kind of sucked and it was so, so disappointing. It's like, let's 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 take the loss up front where people have to wait till the box is like six months old before they get the big game rather than, you know, giving them a half-assed version of the big game just to make the release date of the box, you know? And then to, to, to clarify on this, Microsoft immediately followed up with this news and was like, hey, the Xbox Series X is coming out in November. So I read the stories backwards in, in the news release because I thought the console news is more important than the game news. But um, but just to be clear, the, the news that the Series X is coming out in November was was revealed right after this news about Halo broke because Xbox wanted to like nip that in the butt immediately. Just be like, hey, nope. Halo being delayed has nothing to do with the console being delayed. The, de- the console's still coming. In fact, here's a fucking release month for it. And so I think that was pretty much... I don't think Microsoft was ready to talk about a release window yet. I think they were going to do a specific date or no date for the console. I think the only reason they gave us November was as a way to stop anyone from conspiratorial being like, oh yeah, the Series X is going to get delayed. So I think that was a pretty obvious pretty obvious move there or, or, or reason for that move. But yeah, I mean, there's really not too much to say here. It's like, yeah, Halo Infinite got delayed. It sucks. I understand for a lot of people, it's like, well, hey, now look at how little value the Series X has. It's It doesn't have a single massive AAA first-party thing coming out at launch. Meanwhile, on PlayStation, they got the new Spider-Man. They got, they got all this other shit. They got the bug snacks. They got, you know, whatever. People already like PlayStation. That's fine. But remember, if anything, this is a true testament to Microsoft really doubling down on and sticking to their guns on what on what they're saying Xbox is all about, which is that it's not just about the console. It's about the services and the products and the ways to, as Phil Spencer says, empower gamers to play where they want, when they want, and how they want. And that's, that's what the Xbox Series X is all about. That's why a console like the Series X can launch without a big first-party game, because it's not just about the games. It's just it's about having that option for the players to be like, hey, do you want the box that just plays the games or do you want the box that plays the games really, really well or do you want to just play the games on your computer or do you want to play the games remotely streamed from your smart device? Like, how do you want to do this? And so keeping in mind that the Xbox Series X is less of a traditional console generation and more of just another skew of Xbox to offer players more ways to play Xbox, it's probably the most justifiable console, the best console to justify the lack of a big launch-exclusive game that we've ever seen. Not that that's not disappointing that, you know, we're not getting Halo, but... I, I mean, it kind of, I don't know. If any console could justify a move like this, I feel like the Series X would be it, right? Because it's like... Eh, your other Xbox games are still going to run and look great on this console, and that's really what it's about. If you don't have a problem with it, then if you have a problem with it, then play a game somewhere else or continue to subscribe to Game Pass and uh, play it on your phone or your computer or go buy that PlayStation 5, and we'll see you on the Xbox Series X when you decide it's worth it. But again, remember, the focus here on Xbox has shifted from the traditional sell console, sell sell games to the whole like sell, sell services, sell the Xbox services across all the platforms it's available on. And with that, yes, sell games, sell consoles, sell controllers and peripherals and accessories and all that shit. But most importantly, sell the service. And in Game Pass, Game Pass is the next-gen console, right? Game Pass is the next-gen console. Xbox Series X is the premier way to enjoy Game Pass. 
And, and Halo Infinite is the premier title that's in Game Pass. Unfortunately, that game slipped, but it's still coming. And that box is still coming. And if you don't want to spend a bunch of money on it because you don't think there's a great lineup of exclusive launch games, then guess what? You can still enjoy it on your other platforms. But, but think about it like this. Game Pass is the next-gen console. The Xbox Series X is just one of many ways to enjoy that, that experience. So cool. I've convinced myself that the delay for Halo is okay and that their release date for the Xbox is justified. I am convinced. I am satisfied with that answer. I don't give a shit about you guys. Now I can move on to the next story in peace. Our next one here comes from IGN. More console news. So it is that the Xbox Series S, Microsoft's rumored second cheaper next-gen console, may have been confirmed by a controller packaging leak. TheVerge.com obtained photos of Xbox's next-gen controller, and the packaging mentions both the confirmed Series X as well as the unconfirmed Series S, which has had a supposed codename Project Lockhart for quite some time. Twitter user Zach underscore EXE was able to purchase this new controller from a resale site, and The Verge has verified uh, that it is indeed a genuine next-gen controller. Tom Warren from The Verge, the Microsoft guy, resident Microsoft guy at The Verge, says in a tweet, Xbox Series S it is. Microsoft's second next-gen console uh, gets confirmed in the leaked Xbox controller packaging. Full details here. And I'm sure you've seen them by this point, but they basically show the packaging, uh, photos of the packaging for the controller, which look pretty much like the packaging for any Xbox One controller, but it's clearly a new Xbox controller with the new D-pad and the new share button in the middle and the slightly smaller form factor that's almost imperceptible, um, but it is technically there. And yeah, it says the the controller's white, by the way, and it says robot white. So I guess they're doing that new techie thing where you have to name the color where it's like, it's like Google calls it like just black and plain white and and Apple calls it like bedazzled brown and, and reductive red and all that shit. So I guess Microsoft's following suit here. They're calling the controller Robot White, which is, I, I guess, fine. The story continues. At the end of last month, an alleged image of, of a white Xbox Series S slash X controller appeared online. And it's important to note that Microsoft has yet to unveil either a white next-gen console or controller. A recent report suggests the Xbox Series S would be revealed sometime in August, so we shouldn't be too far away from news. Okay, so I think this makes perfect sense. This is kind of in line with what everyone always thought anyway. I really don't think the Lockhart was ever that much of like a a super big mystery. Like for as long as we've known that Lockhart was apparently in the works, I think it's always been pretty obvious. It's like, well, since we're keeping with the X naming convention, they should just call the less powerful you know, more basic version, an S, because that's what Xbox One does. You have a One X, One S, so just call it a Series S, Series X. It makes perfect sense. And then it's like, oh, if, if the beefier, more powerful, like out of this world box is always like the slick, clean black one, then you just do like the Glacier, generic Glacier white one for the standard one. So it's basically exactly what we have on the Xbox front, but now it's with, with the Xbox Series consoles rather than the Xbox One consoles. Again, and we're and we're phasing out the Xbox One generation. We're gonna stop selling the Xbox One X. This makes sense. It's like now it's like the same thing as before. You got the cheaper white one that just plays the games normal, and you got the more premium, expensive, sleek matte black one for your uh, higher end performance, your more hardcore users. So I, I get it. This this all seems like it's just lining up exactly as you'd expect. And you know the side of the packaging shows. The, all the f- platforms it's compatible on. It says Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, Xbox One, 
Android, iOS, Windows 10. So it shows all the ways you can play it. That's, of course, alluding to Game Pass for your iOS and Android. And, of course, referring to your consoles and your computers and everything else. So I don't know. I believe this. I don't think there's any any I don't think this is false in any way. I think it's pretty obvious that this is real. I think the Lockhart's been a pretty poorly kept secret. And the only reason Xbox is still hanging on to it is because they're trying to, like, dole out new information every month to kind of keep the train going, keep the hype train rolling along, you know? So, again, this is one of those things where it's like I just don't have too much to add to this. I'm so tired of the speculation and the rumors. I'm just ready. Just put it all out in the open. Give us prices and release dates. Let us pre-order. Let's just be done with this shit. So, yeah, again, I'm not I'm not going to give you some cool conspiratorial kind of take on this. I think this is legit. I think the console's long overdue for a reveal. It's August, so I suspect we'll get it in, in the next two weeks or so. Maybe three weeks, but probably two. And yeah, I, don't, I just, I mean, yeah, the Xbox Series S. It's a poorly kept secret. We know it's a thing. Hopefully soon, Microsoft will uh, will speak of it, and we can get some pricing and, and start going with our pre-orders. So, cool. Check that out if you want to see pictures of what it looks like. It's a, It looks like an Xbox Series X controller, but in white. And then our next story here comes from Windows Central. This is the this is our last like super chunky sexy story of of the week. So from Windows Central, while Microsoft has recently outlined plans to bring Xbox Project X Cloud game streaming tech to mobile devices, its arrival on iOS has entered a stalemate. Cloud gaming soon hits X, its Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription features featuring many of the best Xbox games, scheduling to launch for Android devices on September 15th. But Redmond has fallen silent on the status of the iPhone and iPad endeavors. That comes as the company wrangles App Store policies, with developer guidelines barring apps like Xbox One streaming services from the curated digital storefronts. Project xCloud's iOS struggles fell into the spotlight on Wednesday, with Microsoft winding down public trials of the platform after three months without updates. Android testers have been gained access to over 100 compatible titles in short after one year, yet its iOS counterpart featured just one playable title, uh, Halo the Master Chief Collection, while it tied to one, 10,000 while tied to 10,000 participants. The former is the result of Apple's regulation on iOS game distribution, while its small install base has pushed the limits of test flight development platform. Microsoft confirmed plans to postpone the iOS testing, and we've now seen Apple respond to mountain scrutiny. Apple expanded on its reasoning behind blocking Project xCloud for iOS, reporting citing reportedly citing its policies and review processes in a statement to Business Insider. We've reached out to Microsoft for comment, and we'll likely update this article accordingly. So they do update the uh, article, but first I'm going to read to you the quote from from uh, Apple that they gave before Microsoft responded. So first, Apple said in regards to the story, the App Store was created to be a safe and trusted place for consumers to discover and download apps and a great business opportunity for developers. Before they go into our store, all apps are reviewed against the same set of guidelines that are intended to protect customers and provide a fair level playing field to developers. Our customers enjoy great apps and games from millions of developers, and the gaming services can absolutely launch on the App Store as long as they follow the same guidelines applicable to all developers, including submitting games individually for review and appearing in charts and in search. In addition to the App Store, developers can choose to reach all iPhones and iPad users over the web through Safari and other browsers on the App Store. Shortly after this response was given, though, Microsoft fired back. So basically... Just to, to cover before we get into Microsoft's quote, basically what happened was 
the iOS version of xCloud was, you know, the app was there. It was supposed to like go into a proper test flight. It only had Master Chief Collection for a short while, then it kind of died out, and nothing ever really happened with it. Now the now the test flight app is gone, and we're just waiting for the official launch on September 15th, and it's like, wait, what the fuck is happening with iOS? So basically, Apple came out and said, hey guys, hey guys, just so you know, the way our, our thing works is we have to review every single individual game before it gets put on the App Store, so we can't allow an app on the App Store if it has just a bunch of games in it, because we need to go through and review and properly... You you know, green light every single one of those games and it, that's within the app. So before we, we dig into that load of bullshit, here's what Microsoft said once they finally responded, which is funny as shit because normally Microsoft never responds to these kinds of things and never responds with this kind of candidness. But they say, so Microsoft broke silence on the recent challenges facing Project XCloud on iOS, kicking back at Apple imposed restrictions through its app store. The company states that has no path to bring... It has the company now states that it has no path to bring Xbox Game Pass cloud gaming component to iPad or iPhone, reiterating that it's robust, ro, ro, reiterating on its own robust review processes. It claims Apple continues to quote deny consumers for the cloud gaming in game subscription services, uh, drawing attention to unfair handling of game apps over alternate entertainment categories. So this is what Microsoft says quote. Our testing period for the Project xCloud preview app on iOS has expired. Unfortunately, we do not have a path to bring this vision of cloud gaming with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate to gamers on iOS via the App Store. Microsoft tells when uh, Apple stands alone as the only general purpose platform to deny consumers from cloud gaming and gaming subscription services like Xbox Game Pass. And it consistently treats gaming apps differently, applying more lenient rules to non-gaming apps even when they include interactive content. All games available on the Xbox Game Pass catalog are rated for content by independent industry industry ratings bodies such as the ESRB and regional equivalents. We are committed to finding a, a path to bring cloud gaming with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate to the iOS platform. We believe that the customers should be at the heart of gaming, blah, 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 and the gamers tell us where they want to play, connect, and share anywhere, no matter where they are. We agree. So this is really funny because this is basically Microsoft just being like, fuck you, Apple. You you know that's bullshit. And it is because basically what Apple's saying here is like, hey, in order for us to approve something like xCloud, we would have to go in and approve every game that's on you know the streaming service, which is, of course, impossible because games rotate in and out of the service all the time. And that's really not how apps work. But what Microsoft is basically saying here is like, you're stopping us because you can't, you know, you can't go through game by game and basically review all the content in this app. But, you know, meanwhile, people go on apps like fucking Twitter and Facebook and social media platforms where, you know, you can't control the content that's on that. You know, I, I, dude, I fucking use Twitter. I've, I've been on Twitter. I'm like, we, we, we looking at Disney pictures and Xbox pictures and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Oh, they're getting political. Let's keep scrolling past that. And oh my God, look at the, the happy world. And then boom, there's some boobies and there's some naked person. And they're like, follow me back. I'm, I'm a spam account. I'm a bot. I promise you lots of sexual pleasures. If you follow me back and I'm like, Whoa, I didn't know you could see that on Twitter. And X, and you know what? I'm using the Twitter app on my iPhone and Apple approved that, but Apple doesn't allow pornographic content on their apps. So it's like, Hmm, Head scratch. What the fuck is that all about? Meanwhile, Xbox is just like, here's an app that lets you play all the good games ever made. Here's Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3. And, and, and Apple's just going, sorry, we can't we can't evaluate all those games. They haven't been evaluated yet, so we don't we don't know if they're appropriate for the app store. It's like, well, first of all, these games have been reviewed by the ESRB, which is like 
you know, in, in North America, it's like the standard for how you fucking review uh, and govern, you know, what kind of ratings and things we should put on video games. In Europe, you guys got PAL and all that shit. And I, I know there's the different, there's the different ones in different regions and things like that. But it's like, these games have already been reviewed. This is just a bullshit excuse for why you can't put it on your on your thing. And, and to me, it's like I don't I don't see what the problem is here. The the double standard, the fact that they act like they're so concerned with the security and protecting the content and the and the consumer with you know what they have access to and making sure that the, the stamp of approval Apple puts on an app really means that like hey we've gone through this app we know what's in it we promise this is the kind of content that's offered in there and that you're not going to come up come across like inappropriate or mature or, you know, scammy or whatever kind of content that you might not want to be exposed to with this app. It's like, what are you fucking talking about? People are on Facebook getting fucking privacy raped by Facebook all day, every day with the goddamn Facebook app, which is basically just malware on anything you install it on. And you approve that shit. But then Xbox is like, hey, we're going to give you this amazing app that gives you access to all the good Halo games in one place ever on your iPhone. And, and they're just like, yeah, sorry, we don't know if maybe if maybe Master Chief uh, is working for the Chinese government and is actually stealing your personal data and selling it to Tencent, uh, who will then own a 40% stake in Apple. And, 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 and it's like, what the fuck are you like? I, I, listen, I try to be cool. Man, I used to be an Apple guy. I used to buy all the Apple products. I used to be a really big supporter of Apple. I try to be impartial. I, I look at Apple the way I look at look at PlayStation, where it's like, hey, I like you. I respect you. You do cool stuff. You're important to this industry. You know, I see that. But also, you're being a stupid you're being a stupid sack of shit right now. And this is Apple being a really big sack of shit right now because it's like the the kind of double standard hypocrisy here is just so fucking loud and mind blowing that it makes me want to actually just jerk off Mr. Uh, Tim Cook and and uh, and 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 rub that rub that little apple apple seed that comes out all over his face until he screams uh, yummy in my tummy. But this is a uh, this is just so frustrating. And 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 the thing is, like, this is this doesn't really affect me. You know, it's like I I don't use iPhone anymore. I gave my girlfriend I I like I gave my girlfriend my iPhone. My girlfriend uses it now. I only use my Android phone, and I'm waiting on the Surface Duo. Like. I'm gone. I'm not coming back to Apple. I don't own a MacBook anymore. I sold my MacBook years and years ago. I only use Surface products. So it's like this doesn't affect me, man. I can I can play X Cloud all I want on my Android devices and my Windows 10 devices and my Xboxes and all that shit because I'm not I'm not on the Apple ecosystem. But this fucking sucks to all the many many Xbox fans out there who love their iPhones, who love their iPads if you can somehow love an iPad, who love their MacBooks and want to be able to I mean they, they didn't have a Mac OS version of Project X Cloud, but you could assume at one point maybe that, you know, maybe they would bring it to Mac OS at, at some point in the future. And and just to think that like now all these 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 Apple fans that also love Xbox now don't have access to this incredible service that they're probably paying for because it's included in their Game Pass Ultimate subscription. They're just all shit out of luck. Because Apple's just like, yeah, sorry, we couldn't, we couldn't really, we couldn't really rate Yakuza like a dragon because, uh, because we're stupid and inept and we all have tiny, tiny wieners. It's like, what, what are you fucking talking about, Apple? Of course you can. Of course you can let TikTok and Instagram and all that fucking smut on your app store 
it, and then also allow Xbox. It's like, it's totally fucking unfair for you to be like, yeah, Xbox, there's just no way. We never know what's going to happen. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe you play uh, Fusion Frenzy once on your Game Pass subscription and uh, it's a clean, family-friendly game. And then the next time you play it, it's a it's a dirty game where the boys shake their butts in your face. It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? That's It's going to be the same experience every time. These games are already rated. The ESRB has already gone over this shit. And I understand that I'm just starting to run circles, but this is like fucking mind blowing. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, I'm, I'm bringing up the point, like this doesn't ex- affect me directly. And I'm livid about this because I mean, I don't use Apple products anymore. You know, this isn't going to affect me. I can, I can, Hey, I can still, I can still play X cloud on my Samsung watch because I don't use that Apple watch bullshit. I don't use those AirPods. I can still listen to Xbox on my, uh, on my Bose headphones because I'm not, I'm not a fucking scrub, but to all you people out there who are loving your iPads and loving your iPhones and loving your Macs, I'm sorry. Sucks to be you, I guess. Apple, Apple doesn't think you're worth it. And so, you know, I tweet out jokingly. It's like, maybe this is Apple's way of being like, Hey, and, 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 and as a side note, remember this by, by this definition, this doesn't, ex- this isn't just Microsoft. This extends to Google with Stadia. This means Stadia can't ever be on there. And after this story broke, Google kind of chimed in a little bit and was like, yeah, fuck Apple. They did this to us too with Stadia. So remember that this is, this is more than just how this is affecting Microsoft. Right. And, and so I don't know if I want to get real conspiratorial about it, I guess you can make the argument where it's like, well, you know, Apple's trying to sell that Apple arcade thing they launched last year. And, you know, it would be kind of a competing thing to have Microsoft have their game, you know, because think about it like this. Xbox, Xbox or Project X Cloud is an infinitely cooler and better deal than Apple Arcade. I had Apple Arcade for like the first four months. I like Apple Arcade. There's a lot of good games on there. The Apple App Store is absolutely atrocious, just like the Android App Store, where it's like 99% garbage apps everywhere in your face. And I liked Apple Arcade because it kind of curated some actually good content. It's not free-to-play bullshit. It's not ads in your face. It's not cheap, gimmicky games. It's like thoughtful, fun, concise, little cute indie games on your phone that were really great. I like Apple Arcade. But there's no denying that Project X Cloud is infinitely cooler than Apple Arcade. I mean, you fucking snap an Xbox controller on your iPhone and boom, you're playing you're playing the Elder Scrolls Skyrim for the millionth time, but now it's on an iPhone. Like, that's amazing. And so maybe Apple's like seeing that as a threat. You know, maybe they see something like Stadia or Project X Cloud as a direct competitor to something like Apple Arcade. So they're just like, nah, fuck it. We won't, we won't allow it. And the only reason why I would even venture to put that conspiracy out there is just because we know Apple has a history of doing that kind of shit where like they bar smaller developers from putting certain apps on their store for arbitrary reasons. And then Apple will either buy out that company or buy out a similar company or build their own version of that app and be like, oh, hey, here's the new thing we're introducing and just kind of like the, that that smaller developer would be like what the fuck you wouldn't let us on your platform and now you just aped our idea so that that apple has been known to do that in the past it's happened before so the fact that they have that history makes me think that maybe maybe this is a competitive thing about you know protecting apple arcade on the app store i could be dead wrong you know i i tweeted that out and it was immediately like there's no way this is the case but whatever i'm starting a conspiracy theory here i don't know I just think this is really fucking shitty, and I and I hope people are outraged about this enough that they can kind of twist Apple's arm. But Apple's Apple; they're just one of those. They're one of those few companies that can basically just they can basically just tell you to like fucking kill your family and and rob a bank, and you'll probably do it anyway because if you're because 
Apple people just they just put up with it. It's like it's like when I used to be a Nintendo fanboy, where it's just like, man, some steer, serious Stockholm syndrome here. Like you're on a platform that's intentionally limiting limiting you and constantly holding you back from better shit, and you're just like this. It's like that meme with the fucking dog sitting in the chair. Like this is great, and the in the room's burning. I don't know. Again, I, I hey, I like Apple. I like a lot of their services and products. They make great shit. But there's a reason why I don't love Apple, and this is the kind of this is the kind of shit that explains just that. Insert plug for Microsoft. Microsoft's better. Go buy a Surface. Go buy an Xbox. Uh, remember, I get a seven percent commission kickback every time you buy a Microsoft product. So use the checkout code Xbox on when you whenever you buy your new uh, Android device from from Microsoft. Whenever you buy uh, whenever you buy not a MacBook, you can use the the second best gaming Xbox on uh, code, and I will get a small kickback. I appreciate it, guys. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and thank you to uh, uh, Dollar Shave Club for the sponsorship. Our next story here. Coming straight from the old IGN, a new statement from Warner Bro Media from, from Warner Media CEO Jason Killar uh, could suggest that WB Games Interactive uh, is actually no longer looking to sell, um, or at least for now, and that would include, of course, studios like NetherRealm, Avalanche, Rocksteady. Jason says in a Warner Media organization update that was posted on Friday, August seventh, uh, in which he gave an extensive update uh, as to the future plans of the company. Um, he says. Warner Bros. Interactive remains part of the studio and, and networks group. Quote, furthermore, speaking to Deadline, he also states that we have a very strong interactive team of about 2,000 software developers uh, that tell interactive stories. The opportunity to go global with this is very, very big as well. So that's the quote. This is an interesting one because we know that ATT and, and Warner Media and everything, they were looking to potentially spin off and sell WB, WB Interactive Gaming to offset some debt the company had. And now that we see them holding on to it, I wonder I wonder what this is in response to. I wonder if this is them seeing like how well gaming companies are doing right now during COVID and being like, gaming is such a lucrative division. Why would we get rid of that? Or I wonder if this is them kind of coming to their senses and being like, hey, I, I don't know. Gaming isn't the thing you want to get rid of. You know, it's, it's a growing industry. We have really popular IP. Maybe we need to find a better way to turn games around and get and get content out faster to make these 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 this gaming division more lucrative but i i don't know maybe it seems like for now that they want to hang on to that so maybe this is just you know they 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 were flirting with the idea of selling and they had the talks with microsoft and with ubisoft and activision and afterwards they're like you know what we don't like these deals we don't like the people we're talking with we don't like these potential you know odds of, of selling and we're just not really happy with the kind of conversations we've been having. So let's pull that card off the table for now and continue to just keep that in our back pocket for a future date if need be. So I have no idea what happened here, but it seems like WB is kind of off the table, which is kind of best case scenario, in my opinion, because I, I know all you guys want the Xbox to buy the WB and to put the Batman in the game pass and not have them available on iPhone because fuck you. Um, but I, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of them just kind of doing their own thing and, and remaining independent and working on their own games. I, I like the competition. I like seeing more entities out there competing in the same market and just to see, you know, just more variety in, in, for the consumer and just less of this monopolizing that we're, we're seeing happening in the games industry. So Personally, I'm happy with this. My tiny brain's kind of fried, so I don't really have too much that I can like look into this and be like, hmm, what is happening here? What's under the surface here? You know, but uh, I, I don't know. That my guess would be that they they weren't liking the conversations that were being had right now. 
or maybe these companies just aren't willing to spend what WB believes the the interactive gaming division is worth, maybe due to COVID, maybe people are being a little bullish on big deals, but that also kind of makes no sense because <clears throat> Microsoft's apparently buying TikTok or trying to buy TikTok or, or kind of being forced into buying TikTok or whatever the hell is happening with that whole story that we don't get into on this podcast because it's not gaming related, but... You know, that that also could be a part of it. Maybe maybe Xbox was the series contender in this deal. And then once the TikTok thing came up, they decided, you know, hey, we don't have this isn't fiscally responsible for us to be buying, you know, WB Interactive Gaming at the same time we're buying TikTok. So it's one or the other. And they went with, you know, the more lucrative, more important, more mainstream one, which is, of course, TikTok. So maybe that's what happened is that. Microsoft kind of pulled out and they were a big contender. But that that being said, still uh, between Ubisoft and Activision and and all the other big players that were were reportedly interested in this deal, it's hard to believe that they just all fell through. So uh, it, more than likely, WB pulled out and said, "Hey, we see the value in this brand, or we just don't think it's a good time to sell, or whatever the case may be." But they're holding on. So. To me, this is exciting news. I just like to see a lot, a lot more competition. So uh, I don't know. I'm I'm totally cool with it. I don't need Batman to be an Xbox thing. I don't need Activision to buy this and then let everyone make one more game and then be like, you know what? Fuck it. You're all support studios on the next Call of Duty, and I don't need Ubisoft to buy all these and be like, ah, fuck it. Now all your games have different IPs, but they're all open world games where you climb towers and you unlock maps. So I think it's for the best, but. Let me know what you think about that one. And then next we've got some kind of, keeping with the kind of frustrating news here. Reported by Windows Central, Forza Horizon 3, the open world racing game from Playground Games, has been announced to be delisted from the Microsoft Store on September 27th. This is a standard practice for certain racing games that feature a lot of different music. Keep in mind that this just means that you can't buy the game digital through the Microsoft Store. Many places will still have already printed physical copies. If you've already bought the game, you'll still be able to play it, no problem there. The announcement tweet from the Forza Horizon Twitter page says, when the game reaches, quote, end of life, that means that it and all of its DLC will no longer be available for purchase in the Microsoft Store. However, features like multiplayer and online services will still be accessible for those who own the game. And then they did a follow-up tweet uh, after user a user asked about you know elaborating on that they said forge horizon 3 will be on sale until it reaches its end of life on september 27th and so they also like severely discount the game so right now you can download it on the microsoft store for like 10 bucks you can also and i think i think all the dlcs on sale as well which is really unfortunate because this is this is the forza with that incredible uh, hot wheels dlc that was super super fun as well as it's really awesome blizzard uh, dlc whatever that enter, that introduced the winter season to the forza horizon series so this really really severely sucks and i know i know forza horizon 4 is largely considered like the best horizon i know it's one of those things where it's like every horizon that comes out is better than the last it's the best one but this this burns especially with me because Forza Horizon 3 was like the last I don't know to me that's my favorite Forza because I love the Hot Wheels DLC. I, lo- I always loved Hot Wheels so it's just so cool that they they married, you know, Forza with Hot Wheels. I thought that was such a clever and fun and well done DLC. I loved the Australian setting of Forza Horizon 3. I thought it was so perfect for the Forza Horizon series. No disrespect to uh London. Uh, which is featured, or or maybe it's just England in general that's featured in the uh, Forza Horizon Four. But you know, I just I just felt like Australia was a a more fitting setting for the game, just because it just felt a little more like like I don't know, like adventurous, I guess. 
and which is kind of what the spirit of Forza Horizon is anyway. I, I just thought Forza Horizon 3 was kind of the pinnacle from like a setting perspective. It's DLC, the way it's handled everything. Also, it just holds a special place in my heart because when it came out, it, it had that uh, Microsoft Groove integration. So you could play your Groove through your car speakers in the game. Uh, and then, of course, when Groove got axed, they just had the regular generic radio stations. But now, because all the music licenses for those songs is expiring basically they're, they're telling you to fuck yourself this is crazy because normally this this doesn't happen so soon right so this game came out in 2016 it's going to be four years it's it's like it, it probably came out in september of 2016 and maybe october so the game's going to be f- four years old by the time it shuts down like what the fuck i mean they're not shutting it down you can still play it online you can still play the game it's still there and you can still go into gamestop or walmart and buy it i guess whatever but but if the game's not available for download on the digital storefront i mean that's really when it's gone like it would be a less concerning story if they're like, yeah, you can't buy it anymore at stores because uh, uh, we, uh, we 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 burned all the physical copies that didn't sell and we stopped printing copies of it. It's like that that wouldn't upset me. What upsets me is you won't be able to download it. That's like that's really where the game lives and dies by. So it's like, what does that mean? Like it's never gonna it's never gonna be in Game Pass. It's never gonna be on the Microsoft Store. Like that sucks, man. That's that's an Xbox first party game. That's a current generation first party game. And I feel like with it only being available physically, it just means it's going to be kind of lost to time. And that's uh, really fucking unfortunate for such a great game, such a recent great game. So this is really disappointing. I feel like normally these licensing deals with the, for the music is like, you know, it's licensed for like 10, 15 years, not like four years. What the fuck is that about? So really, really unfortunate. I almost wish they could just change the the, the music selection in the game and just update it but i guess this is what they have to do um so yeah you won't will no longer be able to to cruise around the australian outback while blasting blink 182 is bored to death out of your honda your 1998 third generation honda prelude because uh forza horizon hates us all so that's what's happening there that's that's severely disappointing i mean sure forza horizon 4 is fantastic and you can just play that but like I don't know when's that going to happen to Forza Horizon 4. When is that game's license going to expire and then we just won't have access to that shit anymore? It's like what what's the what's the plan here? That's a uh, even though Microsoft has like a history of being so so dirty with like releasing shit, selling it to people and then canceling it and pulling it off support, you know, pretty early. Even though Microsoft has a, a long history with doing shit like that, this still sounds dirty even by Microsoft standards. So we'll we'll put Forza Horizon 3 in the same bin as Mixer and Windows Phone and and Zune and Groove and all that good shit. So, rip Forza Horizon 3. Fuck all of y'all if you liked it. And uh, next, we will try to talk about something a little more uplifting, except not really because this isn't fun. IGN reports that Splinter Cell's Sam Fisher will be the next operator to join Rainbow Six Siege, and he will arrive with uh, the Operation Shadow Legacy update as Specialist Zero. Additionally, new night vision activities part way through the, uh, the recently released trailer, and while Fisher says, you should know better than to write me off, consider this a teaching moment. So alluding, of course, to the whole like, hey, you thought I was gone, but I'm not. Ubisoft also released uh, key art of Sam Fisher, uh, which you can see online, which uh, which shows that he's still alive and well and still in this universe. And then uh, whatever. And a proper reveal for the whole thing will be will hold place on August 16th. If you want to check that out on the Internet, presumably streamed through various Twitch channels and things like that. Sam Fisher's official page on Rainbow Six Siege's website reads, reads, quote, he seems to have kept in good shape despite being off active duty, though it seems seemed a little more frazzled than usual when he arrived. I wonder what that 
what has zero using rainbow as his home base. He wouldn't be here without any motivation and we should take advantage of his experience. His military expertise will be a good balance in your uh, psychological insights as he's coming in as the first member of rainbow operational staff. I'm curious the cautions of the changes he'll bring to our organization. I'm sure his instruction will be a necessary painful experience. I imagine there's something he's not telling us regarding his sudden appearance, but that's no surprise here. Blah, 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 blah. blah. It's a really stupid description. Basically, saying, hey, we acknowledge he's been gone, blah, 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 we're being all tongue-in-cheeky in this universe, he's back, wonder what he's up to, wonder why he's here, let's take advantage of him because he's a veteran, blah, 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 they're just kind of winking and nodding to the audience profusely like, ha, 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 we know you miss Sam Fisher, we we know you miss uh, Splinter Cell, but fuck you, he's now in Rainbow Six because we still won't give him his own game. Of course, you may have seen him back in Ghost Recon Breakpoint 2013, a few years ago, or recently, and Ubisoft is obviously continuously teasing Splinter Cell. They recently announced a Netflix animated series in the works with the creator of John Wick. So, you know, Sam Fisher's in a mobile game. He's in he's in Ghost Recon. He's in uh, Rainbow Six. He's got a Netflix show coming out. He just doesn't have a new game. He's got everything but a new game. He's got a new line of cereal. He's got a new line of pajama pants, of toys for kids, dog food. He's got a new uh, uh, Sam Fisher branded uh, home phone that you can buy. And I'm pretty sure he's coming in Happy Meals over at McDonald's now. So plenty of Sam Fisher to go around, but just he's just not getting a fucking video game, which is the only thing people are asking for. Can you imagine asking for one thing and just getting everything but that thing? Like, hey, hey, Microsoft, we'd really like a new Xbox console, perhaps the most powerful Xbox console in the world. What's that? You want uh, a new pair of Xbox branded socks? You want, wait, what's that? PlayStation's making a PlayStation 5? Well, here, here is a fucking uh, Xbox uh, cake topper that you can put on, on, it's good for any occasion, bar, bar mitzvahs, weddings, birthdays, it's got the Xbox logo, you can put on a cake, what's that? The PlayStation 5 has sold 8 billion units? Okay, well, we don't have a new Xbox console, but here's a, a commemorative Xbox uh, a pencil holder, so you can hold all your favorite pencils, and you can stick them up your ass while you, while you don't get a new Xbox console. And so basically like take that kind of train of thought and use that to understand that that's what Ubisoft is doing with Splinter Cell. They're saying you want a new Splinter Cell game or well, here's everything but that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess what this basically means is there is a Splinter Cell game coming. Ubisoft just still isn't ready to reveal it or talk about it. But all that tells me is that they shouldn't be doing all this other shit. If you're not ready to talk about the new Splinter Cell game, then don't announce the Netflix show. Then don't put them in another game as a little tongue-in-cheeky reference thing. Like this is this is annoying. Like I I don't even give a shit about Splinter Cell. I'm not a I, I've I dabbled in one of the earlier Splinter Cell games on the OG Xbox, and I, I just didn't care for it because I'm not a stealth fan. I th I mean I think Sam Fisher's a cool character, but like fuck, like I don't even care about Splinter Cell, and, and I'm kind of like salty on behalf of all you Splinter Cell fans because this is annoying as shit. That, that, that Ubisoft's just like, hey, we're painfully aware of what you want, and we're going to keep not giving it to you. So just uh, hang, hang on tight, because you're going to be able to get them them Sam Fisher rims on your Chevy Tahoe pretty soon here, if you just keep waiting patiently. And so, I don't know, I guess th I guess that's what's happening. If you're a Splinter Cell fan, uh, I guess we can put you up there with iPhone users, and you can just go get fucked, because apparently apparently you're, you're as good as Forza Horizon 3 fans and iPhone users who like Xbox, so fuck you, uh, everyone hates you, and uh, there's no, no new Splinter Cell ever. I mean, again, none of this is an issue, 
It's just like announce the game or confirm that there's a new game in the works or just just say something about a Splinter Cell video game before you do all this bullshit. People just want to know that Splinter Cell is coming back. And yeah, we can assume that it is because you keep doing all this shit, but like stop making people wonder. Just tell people. Man, this is one of those perfect examples where it's like I just wish the video game industry was more like the movie industry. And I, I wouldn't say that under most contexts, but I, I mean it in the sense that like the movie industry is pretty transparent. Like if they're working on something, they'll just tell you. They'll be like, yeah, we're working on a we're working on a movie about we're, we're working on a movie adaptation of, of Mein Kampf. And uh, uh, we don't have a director or a writer or a cast yet, but we're working on it. It's going to happen. Uh, here's a release date, uh, May 13th, uh, 2024. Yeah, and then they'll just do it. They just announce it prematurely. They don't even have a fucking concept of who's going to come up with the, the Mein Kampf theatrical adaptation, but they'll just they'll just announce it with a, release, a specific release date in all. And But the games industry is just so polar opposite where it's like, yeah, we're like 90% of the way done with this game, but we just can't tell you about it. So I don't, I don't know. I understand people also get upset when games get revealed too early. So I, I can see how the frustration, the outrage goes both ways. But like, man, with Splinter Cell in particular, like tell us it's coming back as a video game or cut the bullshit. But like all this other stuff is only supplemental if we know we're getting a new Splinter Cell game. So uh, pouring one out for all you Splinter Cell fans today. And hopefully we can be done with all the bullshit news. But uh, we, we're not because we got another one here. It's, it's a week full of bullshit news. The news of... The Surface Duo's release date and pricing and pre-orders opening up was such good news that the universe had to balance out that news with a bunch of shit news. So the Xbox audience is just getting rained on with 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 bad news this week so that us Surface fans can can enjoy the imminent release of this new uh, this new computing device. So from Windows Central, Remini. The people that used to make games for Xbox but now make games for everyone but also make campaigns for first-person shooter Korean games uh, has announced that Control is getting an Ultimate Edition, bundling up the base game with its expansions and, and staging for staggered release beginning August 27th, one year after the launch of the original game. Control Ultimate Edition is coming to Xbox One, Series X, PS4, PS5, the Epic Game Store, and Steam, but the only ones you need to know about are Xbox One and Xbox Series X because fuck everything else. For those who purchase Control Ultimate Edition on Xbox One or PS4, they will receive a free digital upgrade for the Xbox Series X or PS5 version. This upgrade path is only available, here's the kicker, only available for those who purchase the Ultimate Edition. If you previously purchased the base game, you will not receive the free next-gen upgrade. Due to production issues popping up from, global, from the global pandemic, digital and physical copies of Control Ultimate Edition could not be released at the same time, and its release dates for the platforms are as follows now. So on August 27th, you'll get it on Steam. September 10th, you'll get it on the Epic Game Store, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One digitally. At some time at the end of 2020, you'll get PS4 and Xbox One physical editions, PS5 and Xbox Series X digital editions, and in early 2021, you'll get PS5 and Series X physical editions. So I don't really give a shit about the staggered release format. That's fine. You should only get digital anyway because physical is a waste of your fucking time. But that's not even the point here. The point is that they're saying if you buy the Ultimate Edition, you get the free upgrade to Series X and PS5. And if you buy, and if you already bought the game earlier, if you were an early adopter, if you were an early supporter, if you're someone who bought this game because you wanted to buy it and support Remedy at a time when you just thought the game looked cool rather than playing it after the fact when it came out and went on sale and all that shit. If you're one of those people who actually supported the studio from the beginning, you're shit out of luck. You got to buy the new version to get the upgrade. But 
if you're if you're if you're if you're bandwagoning, if you're just buying the new version, yeah, we'll upgrade you for free. So I, I mean, I don't, I doubt that's a remedy made decision. It's probably from Publisher Five Hundred Five that decision. I guess maybe it's their way of trying to extract extract more value out of it since the game. You know, they they say they're pleased with the sales of the game, but I I doubt it did too well. So maybe this is just some like cheesy corporate way of like squeezing some extra cash out of this game, but like. That's fucking low. That is some of the lowest shit I've seen in a long time. You got Xbox constantly bragging about smart delivery. Like, yeah, every game just getting these free updates. If it's an Xbox game, boom, free update to, X, to X, Series X. You play, in, you play in Fusion Friendsly, boom, 120 FPS on the Series X. You're welcome. I don't give a shit. It's free. Everything's free. You, here you go. Happy birthday, kid. And then Remy's like, yeah, remember Control, that game that was really awesome that came out last year that no one played because it kind of flew under the radar, but ultimately it ran like shit because it was way... It was like way poorly optimized for current generation hardware. Well, good news. Thank you for buying it brand new at $60 when it first came out. And fuck you because you're not getting the upgraded version. You got to pay for that shit. It's like, what? Why is that the consumer that's getting burned the most? Why is why is the most valuable, the most like staunch and like early adopters, like your, your best supporter, your biggest fans, the people in your corner at all times, why are those the people getting burned over this? Like, what the fuck is that about? So again, I, I'm... I'm trying not to put too much of the blame on Remedy because I assume this is a, a publisher decision, like a 505 thing. But I guess until we really know whose fault it was in particular, just a big old blanket fuck you to all these people because that's that's some serious, you know, we're Xbox gamers. We're used to, hey, Phil Spencer says he puts gamers at the center of everything. So I'm a gamer, hello? So I want to be put at the center of everything. I want to be at the center of your fucking universe, Remedy. And if you don't fucking give me the ultimate edition upgrade for free on my Xbox Series X because I bought the game on sale for $30 about four months ago, then that's just bad business. That's just that's just being real shitty. This is super anti-consumer and it's really unfortunate because Remedy is a developer I really respect and love. And it's just super unfortunate to see them kind of behind, or maybe not behind, or but at least involved with one of the, like most egregious anti-consumer like fuck you things that we've seen happen in gaming in a, a while I guess or I guess by compared to the standards of this week's news maybe maybe everything's just bad press but whatever yeah that's that just that just super sucks and I'm sorry to everyone uh, who's um who's just being snubbed but on the bright side if you haven't played control it's a great game you should play it um I guess maybe you might want to buy the ultimate edition or maybe maybe you might take pity on people People who bought the game when it first came out and say, out of respect for those people, I'm not going to buy this game. I don't fucking know. You can be a superhero uh, by uh, taking a stance. Oh, yeah, and also released this week, Remedy is working on a new game set in the Alan Wake slash Control universe. So we know one of their... They're working on a couple of games right now. We knew they were working on like three games or something. We know one of them is the Crossfire X campaign. We now know they're working on a new game set in the Control Alan Wake universe. And then the third one is who the fuck knows, but... Remedy, uh, hard at work on pissing everyone off and, and, uh, making some great new games. So let's, uh, let's look forward to that shit. And then our wrap up story, our final story of the week comes from windows central. And it is that Microsoft will no longer be using the phrase Xbox 2020 as part of its announcement in programming via, uh, the story comes from way of Eurogamer who say that the phasing was announced back in the phrasing was announced back in May, but only used once initially set to be used as part of the monthly marketing moment thing they were doing. Um, but it's officially been phased out. Reset Era first noticed the change on Microsoft's May blog posts. Microsoft's full update on the change points out that the phrasing implies that Microsoft would be releasing information as part of a monthly showcase. 
Here's the complete update from Microsoft. They say, quote, Xbox has a has a massive year ahead of us, as outlined below. Uh, after re reassessing our programming for the rest of the year, we've decided to stop using the Xbox 2020 phrasing, as it implies that there would be released that we'd be releasing information in one way only uh, through a dedicated monthly show. We've got so much more to share with big news about the Xbox Series X, new games like Halo Infinite, and cloud gaming via Xbox Game Pass. We're going to share the news in a variety of ways. It mainly it may sometimes be a dedicated show, YouTube videos, or partnering with others, uh, or sharing the latest via Xbox Wire. We want to stay flexible with how we connect with you. Microsoft already stopped using the phrasing, but now is officially commented on the change. This is actually really interesting because I, I haven't made mention on the podcast. I'll be I'll be honest, I, I should have, but I haven't. But like I've also noticed, it's like yeah, they used this in May, right before that third party showcase happened. They they announced this with that inside Xbox. And then they just never used it again. They just kind of went silent on it. And I, I get what they're saying here. It kind of implies that like they're going to have like a little mini E3 presentation every month, or that's kind of what was implied by this by this phrasing. And, the, and they want to clarify like, hey, that was never our intention. We just mean like every month there's going to be new information about the new consoles, whether it's in like a game showcase or like uh, someone like Austin Evans has some new video to talk about where you got access to something, or whether it's you know just the announcement of a new console or the announcement of your favorite game being delayed or something like that. Just, I guess it's their way of saying every month we're going to have new stuff to talk about, but it's not always going to be in the format of like a game showcase. So we just want to kind of knit that in the bud and, and publicly speak out of it. I think it took them too long to do this. And it's kind of a weird thing that they even had to walk this back. The, the fact that this ever even made it out to begin with, and then they just immediately stopped using it, but good on them for kind of being like, Hey, yeah, sorry. That was a, that was no good to use that, that marketing tactic. So I appreciate them just coming out and kind of being honest about it, but yeah, what, whatever. That's that's weird. Not, not much to say about this. I, I again, I, I noticed it was gone, but like no one ever said anything about it, so that makes sense. And I, and I think this uh, it, it's kind of a shame they didn't say anything about it earlier because remember when they first announced the Xbox 2020 thing, it really sounded like there was going to be like the May thing was the third party game reveal thing, and then in June we'd have some other kind of thing. And then in July, we'd have the big thing, which we, of course, did have. But I feel like in June, we never really got anything. So it's already kind of been like a bit of a missed marketing kind of hiccup here. So whatever. I'm just glad that they addressed and said something about it. But also, I think it kind of took them a little too long to say something, to be honest. But you're not going to see that Xbox 2020 marketing thing anymore, which basically means from now until the year ends, any kind of news we get, which there is still plenty to come, it's just going to be released in some like varying ways. So don't expect more like digital presentations like what we've gotten so far um i am sure the xbox series x or series s rather is getting something whether whether it's just an extensive youtube trailer or whether it's like a mini stream it, that they got to have at least something in store for that because that's that's big news but other than that yeah i mean i guess i guess that's mostly it. I, I think this is mostly their way of saying hey guys we don't have any more streams we don't have any more game showcases so don't be waiting for that don't use xbox 2020 as a excuse or something to hold over our heads for why we haven't done one because we're that's not happening so that's really how i read this is like they're kind of they're kind of roundabout way of saying like there are no more press conferences or, or game showcases it's really just like blog posts youtube videos trailers announcements things like that you know youtube partnerships things stuff stuff of that nature so that's fine that's totally understandable reasonable and i just wish they had said that sooner because they kind of let that linger for too long but nonetheless that's going to do it for all of our news for the week 
Thank you for bearing with us, guys. Now we got some important enough news stories, stories important enough to make the podcast, but not important enough to warrant their own discussion. Real quick, running down the list, we've got Minecraft Dungeons will receive its Creeping Winter DLC, featuring new campaign missions on September 8th. The free update also includes new merchants and daily trials. IGN reports that Bethesda and, and id Software have announced a single-player campaign expansion for Doom Eternal during their QuakeCon at home. A full reveal of the game came as part of uh, Jeff Keighley's opening night uh, live at Gamescom 2020, on, and that will be held on August 27th. Uh, but the id Software team did reveal that the expansion will be called The Ancient Gods. The story will be split into two parts, and we'll see uh, some part of it at ONL. Uh, also, which is opening night live at Gamescom. And then they also announced that they're kind of restructuring some multiplayer stuff and, and overhauling some of that as well. Next, we've got that Dirt 5 has been delayed by a week and will now launch on October 16th. Codemasters revealed the news on Twitter via the official Dirt account. Nothing that the game... Noting that the game will launch on October 16th now for the Xbox One, a week later than originally planned to release, which was originally set for October 9th. That's fine. My only hope there is that uh, my only hope there is that that doesn't really affect the Xbox Series X launch, which I guess shouldn't be because that's going to be sometime in November. But uh, next one here is that IGN reports Call of Duty 2020 will be getting a tease on August 14th, but the game is not expected to be fully revealed on that day. Rather, we'll just be getting a piece to the puzzle furthering the frustration about the game's concerning absence. And lastly, GDC 2021 dates have been announced, and of course, thanks to COVID, the event will be handled differently, mostly digitally. The conference will take place from July 19th through 23rd, 2021, in San Francisco, California, but will be also but will also include a virtual lineup of programs. The mix will become um, the new default form for the show, which is interesting, and more information on how that all works and how to participate will be revealed at a later date. So that's going to do it for all of our smaller stories as well, which uh, leads us to the most popular, the possibly the well, according to according to my listening analytics or in statistics, it looks like um, maybe the most under listened to, underappreciated part of the show. It's it's the new games of the week from the Xbox Wire. There are 20 new games this week, so we will have to blast through them because why the fuck are there 20 games coming out for the week of August 10th through August 14th? But our first one here is called Brunch Club. Now, Brunch Club uh, is a is a social simulation visual novel where you play as not people going out to brunch, but as brunch items trying to avoid people who are at brunch. So you're in various restaurant settings. You may take control of like eggs or toast or, or waffles or something of that nature. And the dinner guests or the brunch guests rather will come in. They'll order their mimosas. They'll start talking and catching up. And your idea and your objective as food is to find a way to escape being eaten. You are the brunch club. You are grouping up. You're clubbing up to get away from these, these evil people who are trying to consume you. Because even though you are a piece of food, you're not a piece of meat. And then our next game here is called Car Mechanic Simulator Classic. It comes out on the 11th. Now, Car Mechanic Simulator Classic is a classic simulator for car mechanics. So if you like to be a classic guy, if you like to be a car mechanic guy, if you like to simulate what it would be like to be a classic car mechanic, this is a great game for you. You can you can, you can can work on cars. You can break cars. You can sell cars. You can look at cars. And all along the way, you don't spend any real money because... you. Let's be honest, who has the fucking money for a car? In today's economy, I don't fucking think so. And then our next game here is called Escape from Tethys. This is a, a low-bit game where you play as Samus from Metroid and you run through a Mario level. Now, what's interesting about this game is instead of fighting the Metroid, you fight the butterflies. So Escape from Tethys is, I guess, like a dreamlike sequence 
where uh, Metroid learns uh, to live in a different environment where rather than fighting the space pirates, Metroid fights the butterflies. So it's kind of like a twist on how like we see Metroid in the environment where it's kind of normalized to be surrounded by aliens and pirates and things like that. But the the nature and the beauty and the wonder that we're subjected to here on the planet Earth um, is so foreign to the Metroid. So Metroid has to kill all of those beautiful things like the turtles and the squirrels and the butterflies. And it's kind of a little sad, but it's Xbox One X enhanced if you can somehow enhance a game that's 7-bit. But yeah, next game here is called Hyperscape, which is that game I called Hyperspace until very recently. This is out on August 11th. Hyperscape is a game uh, you get when you have no uh, creative control or freedom over anything. And someone from high up on the corporate ladder says, hey, we need one of those lucrative Battle Royale games. Go get us one. I want it to look like 30% Overwatch, 40% uh, 40% Battle Royale from Apex Legends, and 30%, if that's what's left, on like, a, I don't know, fucking like a, one of those like a Second Life ads. So make it look good, and we'll do that game. And then that's Hyperscape. The next game here is called Metamorphosis. It's the Xbox One. It's Xbox Edition, and what's really interesting about Metamorphosis is it's 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 a this is a a, a nod to the famous short story Metamorphosis, but instead of waking up as a bug, you wake up as a, a game camera that pans around and looks at other bugs. So it's kind of a shitty, boring game because you don't really do much. You just kind of pan around and look at shit. Um, but the bugs are detailed and ugly to look at. And then we got Prehistoric Dude coming out on August twelfth. Uh, I don't know what's so prehistoric about this dude. I just see bumblebees flying around, but hopefully you can shoot at them. That would be pretty prehistoric if I do say so myself. We got Zero Strain as our next game, which is a game where you play as a spaceship and your objective is to um, simulate different kinds of objects in space hitting your windshield, uh, which is really unfortunate because basically every time that happens, you probably get sucked down into space and dies. But Zero Strain ha- has zero restraint for uh, how it chooses to kill its spacemen. And then our next game here is called the Alto Collection. Now, Alto is um, Spanish for alternate. Uh, now, alternate is a key on your Windows keyboard that you can use to go into play an alternate game. If you hit the Control-Alt button and then delete, it will take you out of this game and you want to play it. And now that's Xbox One X Enhanced. The Ambassador Fractured Timelines is our next game. The Ambassador, despite looking like a snake alien monster creature, um, serpent thing, is actually uh, about... The Ambassador is actually about... You play as the ambassador to the United States of America. You go around the the world and you do damage control uh, for various international relationships. We go to different world leaders and we serve as an ambassador and we say and we say, "Oh man, why do you hate the U.S.?" And we try to patch up those time. We try to patch up those relationships and we try to make amends for things we've done wrong in the past. Um, but somewhere along the line, the the timelines become fractured. So you might travel over to good old Europe and find yourself speaking with King George II. You say, you say, hi, UK. I'm, I'm here. Hey, hey, England. I'm here. I'm here to make a good relationship with the U S we know, we know not a lot of people are really liking us right now. And we want to make that right. And they go, but it is only the year 17 something or other. And I'm King George II. Uh, or whatever year it is that he was alive. And then you're like, oh shit, the timelines have been fractured. So that's why it's called The Ambassador. Fractured timelines. Our next game here is called Boomerang Foo. 
which is a really dumb game, but you basically play as the brunch club. This is their game for after they've made it out of the brunch restaurant. And this is when they make it to the public park. And now they're trying to escape the many children that are running around the playground, trying to pick them up and eat them and put them in their mouths and do things children do. The next game here is called uh, Darkest Darkestville Castle. This looks like a point-and-click adventure game, but where the art is really ugly. And then our next game here is called Faria. This is a like a Rubik's Cube game with like shapes and hexagons. Kind of looks like a board game, so that's boring. And then Through the Darkest of Times is a game uh, about surviving the Great Depression and then immediately ha having COVID unleashed on the world. And then Bite the Bullet comes out on August 14th. This is a game where people try to, you, you play as multiple civilians and people shoot at your face and your objective is to try and stop the bullet by biting it, you know, before it can, before it can get you in the face. And so it's, it's intense. It's, I'm not gonna lie. It's a one, you miss once and you're fucking dead. But if you can, if you can stop the bullet with your teeth. If you can bite it before it hits you and blast through your face, that's, oh, that's, that's satisfying. That's a very rewarding uh, victory, very sweet victory. And then our next game here is called Cooking Simulator. This is pretty much just the car mechanic simulator, but the cars are replaced with cheeseburgers. And then our next game here is called Dying Light Hell Raid, which is like a medieval version. It's like a Skyrim version of Dying Light. It's it's when it's when you announce a game like Dying Light 2 and you still can't get it out in under 20 years, so you just keep making DLC for that first game instead. And then our next game here is called EA Sports UCF uh, 4. This is a very violent game. This is the kind of game that Apple might not allow on their app store because they can't control or rate the content of how violent it is. There's a lot of fighting. And the next game here is called Explorer of the Night. This is, I'm pretty sure it's about a prostitute, Explorer of the Night. So that game's probably rated AO. And then we got Lynn, Path of Orchards, Orchards, Orchids, Orchards. This is a very ugly game. I, it's or, Orchards are pretty, and this game is ugly. And then of Tanks and Demons 3 is like of Mice and Men meets Tanks, 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 except the graphics are shit and the game looks like shit. And that's going to do for all of our new games for the week, guys. Hey, I just want to say thank you so much for sticking through all the way to the end. And as, as a reward for sticking through the end, I'm going to remind you of what the games with gold are. Hey, do you remember Portal Knights? Neither do I. It's available for the rest of the month on Xbox One. Override Mech City Brawl? Yeah. You can't wait for that to come out on August 16th through September 15th on the Xbox One. What about on the OG Xbox side since there's no 360 games this month? Well, we got MX Unleashed. It's available until the 15th, so download that now, you dolt. You're about to run out of time on that one. Uh, and you know what? I I played that. It wasn't fun. It doesn't hold up. Red Faction 2 is available beginning on the 16th and running through the rest of the month. Uh, so you can play that. My brother says that that's the bad one, so apparently you guys don't like that one. And that's going to do it for the whole show, guys. Remember, power your dreams, guys. That's what Microsoft says. That's what Xbox says. They say power your dreams. Remember, if, if you're one of those people that says, hey, I'm not going to buy the Xbox Series X because it doesn't have any exclusive games coming to it, then I'm just going to tell you straight up, you don't have very powerful dreams. If you're satisfied with your PC or streaming on xCloud or using your Xbox One, those are low-powered things compared to the Xbox Series X. The Series X is a very powerful machine, so if you're not going to buy a Series X, that just tells me, yeah, you're going to power your dreams, but your dreams don't require that much power because you don't have powerful dreams. And that's fucking sad that you don't dream big. So remember, guys, if you're a real X-Bot, you're going to get a Series X so you can power your dreams. Eric, take it away.